fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> Hey, this is Sharks Across Hollywood, and this is our first Halloween episode for the year. And we're going to do a nice little, I guess it's a cult classic, you could call it. <laughs> it's not a cult classic. It's just a its just a classic of the 90s. You know what I mean? It's a modern classic. We're going to talk about Hocus Pocus. It came out in 1993, so we're on the cusp of the 30th anniversary here in the next year. Oh, wow. Year. Yeah. Can Didn't you imagine? realize. And there's a sequel coming out. We're kind of capitalizing <laughs> on that, which when I decided to do this movie this year, I didn't realize there was a sequel actually coming out. I thought it was still a joke. Like, I thought they were just talking about it. But nope, the trailer, like, I'm like, hey, dude, we should we should do Hocus Pocus this year. And you're like, OK. And then not like a couple days later, the trailer came out. I'm like, oh, OK, well, that's perfect then. How about Omri Katz? That guy had such a 90s face. Like, what happened to him? You want to talk about like that kid looked like he was in I mean, I know he wasn't, but he looked like every protagonist of every 90s Disney movie. His last credit, oh, well, he was in he was in an episode of a show called Childhood Thoughts in 20, 2018, but, oh, he played his character from Erie, Indiana, apparently. Oh, that's probably where I, the other place I saw him, because I have seen Erie, Indiana back in the day. Well, he was in the movie Matinee with John Goodman right before this. Oh, oh my God, Matinee, I fucking love that movie. Adventures in Dinosaur City. 1988, by the way. That's Doug Jones' first credit. Oh, interesting. Long before there were turtles, the world was ruled by dinosaurs. All right. What? <laughs> uh, Long it, before there were turtles? What the hell does that have to do with any? What did turtles have to do with anything? The movie came out in 1991, and it's all animatronic dinosaurs. So, you know, they were like, this ain't the fucking Ninja Turtles, man. Wow, that is, like, your insecurity <laughs> showing on that one. Yikes. So Omri Katz not doing much. Uh, he did really, I thought he did pretty good in this movie. He definitely had, he has the the look and the, and the mannerisms of an early 90s protagonist. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, this kid, he's straight out of central casting for 90s kids movie protagonist we also have thora birch not showing her boobs at 10 years old which is probably a good thing <laughs> yeah that would have been a little disturbing oh my god <laughs> I, uh, i'm watching american beauty right i haven't watched it in a long time mind you because the implications of that movie now are even creepier than they were before all the stuff about uh kevin spacey came out <laughs> but but she takes off her shirt and i'm like yeah cool awesome i didn't know she was 16 when she did that scene and now i don't even want to watch it oh my god yeah, it's a little it's a little creepy because i thought for sure when i watched it that she was 18 i was like well i mean she's showing her tits obviously She's got to be 18, right? But yeah, nope. no. Her parents were there on set that day just so she could do the scene, which I'm like, uh, cool, good on them. If if as long as she was treated well, she's still acting and stuff. She seems like an okay person. I she was on WTF with Mark Marin, and I was listening to it one day, and she she seems all right. She's in one of my favorite movies, Ghost World. I fucking oh, yeah. love that movie, and she is absolutely amazing in it. I saw that once. I need to go and watch it again. I might have to go pick up the Criterion version of that shit, too. Yes, I highly recommend it because that movie is an absolute gem. And then you just have a bunch of random other people in the movie, aside from the witches. Of course, the witches are very, 
You know, you got Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker at her hottest, Kathy Najimy. I really didn't care for the way she was playing that character. I mean, I get it. I, it's a very silly, ridiculous character, but something about the way she was doing that Sly Stallone mouth drop thing, like it just <laughs> irritated the shit out of me. I, I couldn't get past it. That's funny. She's the dumb fat one. She, I, that's, she's that's what oaf. it is. Yeah. She's the oafish one. Yeah. But I, I will say, though. Bette Midler fucking kills it in this movie. I've never really watched a lot of Bette Midler movies aside from this one, so I don't know how she is in other movies, but I'm just like, okay, so she's like, this is this is an iconic performance, man. She's very comfortable with, like, super campy characters. If you go back and watch any of her 80s comedy stuff, I mean, I haven't got, I know she did some stuff in the 70s, too. I, I didn't really get into that, but I have watched some of her stuff from the 80s, like Ruthless People and Down and Out in Beverly Hills. Yeah, she's, she's real comfortable with playing, like, these over-the-top campy characters because she started out as a stage performer. I think she did, like, burlesque shows or something like that. So she's got this really great, camp sensibility which is perfect for this role like she really is just like you said it's super iconic yeah originally this movie was supposed to be a straight to tv movie it was supposed to be a disney channel original movie yeah i could see that which i could see that when you think of how huge it fucking got it's like oh that's kind of crazy like like it was gonna be high school musical before high school musical even though high school musical with how popular that is you'd think all three of those movies were theatrical releases which they were not i yeah i didn't realize high school musical was a disney channel show i thought that was a theatrical release they wised up by the third one and they made that one theatrical because <laughs> the, the, the first two movies hit so fucking big like like they were so fucking what? popular who the hell does that who puts out a third sequel to a tv series theatrically i know it goes the other way but i've never heard of it going that way disney played it smart i don't think they realized like they're like oh this is really popular Let, let's make a second one let's see what happens uh directed by the same guy by the way all three of them well, all three of them are directed by the same guy but he directed this too <laughs> oh no kidding yeah kenny ortega yeah so he's been working with the disney channel for quite a while it seems yeah it doesn't surprise me at all now that you say that that this was like originally intended to be a, a TV movie because it's got all those Disney TV tropes. I guess that's kind of part of the reason that like some of it seems so hammy. Yeah, like you um, can kind of see it. Like like you can tell they upped the budget a little bit from what what, what would be a normal made for TV just original movie. I mean, don't get me wrong; it does look like a theatrical movie. Because, like, you know, like you said, they definitely upped the budget for it. But it's still got a lot of those little indicators of a TV movie, you know, things that you wouldn't ordinarily see in a theatrical movie. Like like the thing with Kathy Najimy's, uh, like, her, her weird mouth thing. That is straight out of TV. <laughs> but then, then you look at some of the jokes and you're like, so were those added when it became a theatrical movie? Or were they just going to throw that right up on the Disney Channel? <laughs> yeah, it does... I'm not Go exactly a little PG-13 sure. at a few moments. When I was like, wait, what's the rating on this here? The 90s and the 80s were obsessed with fucking virgins. The word virgin isn't even used that many times in American Pie. Yeah, I mean, th between this and the Monster Squad, uh, <laughs> boy, a lot, lot of talk about virgins for a kid's movie. At least Monster Squad was PG-13, so it kind of made more sense. Oh, was it? Yeah. I, I don't know why I keep thinking it was PG because, yeah, like this seems like it should have been PG-13. Like it there's so it, there's a few other things, too, like and there's some horror elements and stuff. 
I mean, Jesus, they literally kill a little girl in the opening sequence of the movie. <laughs> Isn't that fucked up? That, How that is, is this actually, not a PG-13 movie? That's actually really scary. Let's talk about it because that happens pretty All cool. right. Yeah, um, let's get into it because, during, yeah, they open this movie yeah. with a child murder. During the opening credits, though, I wrote down that the, the it sounds like Danny Elfman did the score. I know he didn't, but it really sounds like they're trying to tap into that thing. And it's a good score. I kind of like it. but Oh, yeah, they're, they're definitely... Uh, somebody let me see what it what year did you say this came out 93 93 yep yeah 93 by 93 batman had been huge and tim burton had and you know the, obviously if you're making this type of a movie why wouldn't you try to ape yeah. tim burton who had already done this type of movie both, and both done batman it really, movies really well out. yeah batman and batman returns were both out at this point and edward scissorhands and yeah. beetlejuice obviously tim burton had made some spooky kids movies that were very successful or you know spooky family movies edward scissorhands and beetlejuice were basically considered family friendly <laughs> even though there's that scene in beetlejuice with michael keaton honking his dick <laughs> nice fucking model and that's a p that's a pg movie <laughs> and i love that the mpaa was all over the place back then the guy who did the music for this movie is named john debney and he's oh he, he wrote a bunch of music i guess for loki did some music for oh. the conjuring the devil made me do it santa clarita diet which is an awesome show oh he did the intro for that the opening credits i'm just trying to get a feel for why he fucking why all of his stuff sounded like that if there was like a reason if he was like the not danny elfman or if he just was told to copy it and <laughs> the asylum danny elfman Except he worked for fucking Disney. Well, he did some music for Tiny Toons, and he did he did music for a Adventures in Dinosaur City. I have no fuck. Oh, is that the, one, the one with, one with the, the before tur turtles? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, nothing. Oh God, nothing suggests like that he had any kind of. Oh, well, he did work on Spider Man Two and Spider Man Three with Danny Elfman. It just says writer backstage Romantic Night Peter's phone call Peter's turmoil. Also, oh, he must have written those parts of the score or something because Danny Elfman just couldn't be bothered. He's like, fuck these scenes, fuck these scenes, Sam. I'm not doing it. <laughs> you know how fucking Danny Elfman is. God. <laughs> What a prima donna, right? One of the best composers ever, yeah. <laughs> He's allowed a little bit. This opening scene takes place in 1693. Thackeray Binks, Thackeray, not Zachary, T-H. He wakes up and we can hear some singing in the distance and we'll, that'll come back a little bit. A dude, I wrote down a dude that's not Shane West, but looks way too much like him is also there. And he doesn't really do anything except go, hey, look over there. There's a plume of smoke. That's probably where your sister is because she's missing. Who's Shane West? The not British guy from over it striker striker yes okay okay <laughs> yeah yeah okay now that you're saying it i can envision it yeah so what does thackeray do but he runs toward this giant plume of red smoke because it's also there's like a little a little quick line of dialogue something about witches yeah i mean the idea is that they knew the witches were up to something because of that smoke so all right. Little Emily. Little Emily is Thackeray's sister. She's been lured into the witch's house. She's just kind of sitting there. I think she's like in a trance right now because she doesn't look scared or anything. She's just like staring off into the distance. And it's fucking scary. This is scary because you know what's going to... You, well, you don't know what's going to happen because it's a Disney movie and you're just like, oh, that's, this is fun. They, she, she'll be fine, right? It's weird because the whole sequence is kind of played for laughs. You know, I mean, with obviously with Bette Midler and... and all the witches are, you know, so over the top and silly. You're kind of going, all right, I feel safe here. And then they just fucking murder this little girl. Yeah, they're they're making this potion in this giant cauldron and they're like dead man's toes and all this shit. And then they bite their own tongues off and 
spit it into the cauldron, which is gross. But once they do that, we don't really see exactly what happens, I don't think. But they suck the life out of little Emily. And then the next time we see her, her head's just drooped down and she's just sitting there, just not moving at all. And, and her hair's gone completely white. It's really something. They, they keep showing her. Like, she's constantly in the background of this scene. <laughs> she's just... Like, you kind of expect... Okay, well, the brother's going to come in and he's going to do something to save her. No, no, he does not. Uh, nope. Uh, the girls, the, the witches become young and young. Well, younger is what Bette Midler says. Her name is Winifred, by the way. Yeah, they, they suck her life force out because she's got so many years ahead of her that they steal them from her basically <laughs> yeah that's why they like children yeah. and sarah jessica parker gets super hot and they're all they're all into themselves now but thackeray shows up tries to stop him doesn't really try to stop him because she's already dead but he tries to you know do something about it doesn't work he gets electrocuted by winnie and then turned into a cat and she specifically says because they have the drop on him and she specifically says i'm not gonna kill you you're gonna live for Ever. So he's an immortal cat who just kind of gets to hang out and live with the fact that he couldn't save his sister. It is so fucking dark. <laughs> granted, granted, Disney movies were never that fucking bright and shiny. I mean, even even look at like Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, all that stuff that the implications of a lot of that shit is kind of rough. But a lot of that stuff was like the horror is in the implications that as a kid, you're never going to think about in this one. <laughs> that dead girl is right there on the screen the whole time. And they explicitly say, we're going to make you live forever and know that you could not save your sister and just live with that guilt and fuck you <laughs> they do it and it's like wow that is some dark ass shit for a kids movie and the darkness just continues right through the next scene after he gets turned into the cat the townspeople show up at their house and they're like we didn't do anything here we're not witches but then it just cuts to them immediately on the fucking gallows all three all three of the witches they have the nooses around their necks <laughs> and the spell book oh she has a spell book by the way and it has this one eye and it's really creepy and we learn that it's it's almost the necronomicon and when i tried to write that down in my notes remember how i came up with that idea for the necronomicon <laughs> Your phone auto-corrected yeah. to it. <laughs> yes. That made me laugh really hard when I was taking notes and <laughs> trying, to, trying to focus. <laughs> uh, so so the book like falls on the ground and it opens up to this certain spell and she Winnie's like, oh shit, look, look what you did. If you, you kill us, some asshole's going to light a candle or something and we're going to come back and we're going to fucking kill all your children and shit. And then... The dad, the dad of Thackeray's like, uh, fuck that, drop him. And then we just see them hanging there. Then it's pretty brutal. And then the executioner just kind of walks off. Like you can see his, his hooded form from the back. It's like, dang. So then we cut to modern day, 1993, and things get, it's it gets a little bouncy and fun for a while. It turns out a teacher is telling this story to her class and she's really into it and all the kids are like cheering and being all excited and stuff and then you have this one asshole in a tie-dye shirt and he's like that's all bullshit you know halloween was invented by the candy companies and shit i'm like wow you're fun at parties <laughs> i was just kind of shocked that all the other teenagers weren't equally cynical little <laughs> douches because these are high school students these are not junior high school students no, yeah, they're a little older, right? So they, they should all be, except for like a couple of them. A couple of them are like, yeah, this is awesome. And then the other ones are like, this is fucking stupid. But no, it's just him. It's just Max. Because I went to high school in the 90s. I actually went to high school in 1993. And it was all <laughs> cynical motherfuckers. In they were all just these jaded, cynical little shits. Well, maybe, just like I was. Maybe if you live in Salem and witches are just your whole fucking life and like your entire economy at that point. <laughs> 
Well, you, yeah, that's you true. You might take it a little seriously. <laughs> I don't know. All those tourist dollars. Uh, and the balls on this kid, by the way. So Allison, the character Allison chimes in and she's like, yeah, uh, it just so happens that, you know, Halloween is all Hallow's Eve and all that shit. And she gives him a little history lesson. And then he stands up right in the middle of class, walks over to her and hands her his phone number and says, in case Jimi Hendrix shows up tonight, give me a call. Oh, yeah, because she mm. says that it's the night when, when the dead... Oh, yeah, the dead can walk. ...can walk the earth. Yeah, uh, wow, kid. Congrats on the cojones. <laughs> Just a little. She's unimpressed, though. And we cut to them kind of leaving class, and they're walking away, and she walks up to him. She's very nice. She's very nice. Like, I, I could tell she does not need to be nice. She should be like, get the fuck away from me, you tie-dye shirt-wearing dipshit. <laughs> but she doesn't she, he's like he's like you know i'm sorry i didn't mean to embarrass you and she's like you didn't embarrass me trick or treat <laughs> and then she hands him her number but his number she gives him back his own phone number equally Damn. baller move <laughs> yeah that, that was a good one ultimately goes nowhere doesn't really matter maybe it does i don't know because she shows up again later obviously i don't know if that was apparent to anybody yeah um, she comes back she's played by uh Corky Romano's wife, by the way. Oh, really? Is that is that what movie she's in? In the movie, in the movie, Corky Romano, she marries Corky Romano. It's Vanessa Shaw with an I, apparently. Yeah, Vanessa with an I, which just makes me feel like her parents were illiterate. She was in the Hills Have Eyes remake. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that. I saw that movie a couple times. I don't think I I didn't like it very much. Maybe I should watch it again. I'm realizing I don't like like nihilistic hate filled horror, which that definitely is. Yes. Yeah. Oh boy. That one was dark. Not like this though. This is not a mean horror movie, although it is a little shocking for a children's film. There's a couple fucking people in here you could be mean to, like these two assholes that we meet next. So, we meet the bullies. <laughs> Max is on his way home. He's riding his bike home. <coughs> Definitely early 90s, by the way, So, because they're new in town, and the parents are just like, yeah, you'll find your way home. We meet these bullies. We meet, what are they called? They're called Jay and Ernie. It's like, this is, I'm Jay, this is Ernie, and then Ernie pulls Jay aside and goes, how many times they got to tell you, man? It's ice. And he even has it shaved into the back of his head. Because... There wasn't a white rapper at that time who was the biggest thing in the world. <laughs> These guys would be the bullied ones, right? Because they're fucking dorks. <laughs> no, I got to say, again, having been about that age at that time, I mean, granted, I was like just out of junior high. In junior high, those guys would have been the badasses of junior high. Oh, boy. Would they have? Yeah. And, uh, but... Yeah, like that does kind of make me wonder, like, wouldn't they have been the bullied ones in high school, though, if they were the badasses of junior high? If that was what the junior high kids were up to, wouldn't the high schoolers <laughs> look at that and go, that's fucking stupid, dude? Yes. These guys are the two biggest fucking dorks on the planet. They're like, where are you from, man? And he's like, I'm from L.A. Oh, no, he no, he's the other way around. He says, I'm from Los Angeles. They're like, where's that? And he's like, L.A. He's like, oh, Hollywood. And they just make fun of him for being from Hollywood, I guess, the whole time. That's like yeah, I mean, saying. that story checks out, making fun of kids for being from anywhere but where you were raised. That was a very yeah. 90s thing, because ha- the same thing happens in Airborne, too. Yeah, doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> that uh, that story is 100% accurate. Yeah, and they're they're kind of funny, though. Like, I, I like these dopey bullies. They're, they're, they're kind of amusing. They end up stealing his shoes because he's the, like, they, he, doesn't, he doesn't smoke or anything. They're very health conscious in Los Angeles. <laughs> these guys are written like a middle-aged screenwriter's idea of what the kids are. We all knew kids like this though. We eh, definitely we did definitely we? did I did. I don't know. I don't know. I knew I knew kids like this, but not in high school. My sister I knew kids like this in junior high school. 
It was it was my sister's friends back in the day. They were all kind of that way. Yeah, but was your sister in high school or junior high school? Because there's a huge difference. She, like three years at that time in 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 a child's life is a lifetime. My sister's your age, man. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So I guess <laughs> no. Well, yeah. Like in 1993, I was a freshman though, so I was like fresh out of junior high school. My sister was a naughty, naughty child who hung out with all the metalheads. The metalheads would have fucking hated these guys. <laughs> especially that ice guy they'd have been like get the fuck out of here with that shit the small the small town vibe of great falls montana kind of fostered personalities like this a little (laughs) all we had was mtv like that's the only that's the only form of culture that we actually had to go off of so people just thought like ricky radman or whoever the fuck did the headbangers balls like that's that's peak that's peak cool right there Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Beavis and Butthead is the best show ever. Do not underestimate the cultural influence of Beavis and Butthead. Oh, no, I love Beavis and Butthead, but I'm also 35, and I understand how fucking stupid it is. Oh, it's stupid. But funny as fuck, really. I'm, I'm giggling you know, all the time I'm watching it. Kind of like teenagers. Kind of exactly like teenagers. They take his shoes. Max, drive, Max rides his bike home very sadly with no shoes on. That must hurt. That's my only thought about that. Yeah, they specifically had the f- the nice flat pedals on his bike but as soon as he lost his shoes that was all i could think is like oh man he's fucked there's no way and then they cut to the pedals and i'm like oh huh, all right <laughs> well boy did he get lucky because no one i knew had those nice flat pedals and he's just a typical teen in a 90s movie he's mad because his parents had to move someplace that wasn't home yeah this is uh 90s kids movie this is straight out of the 90s kids movie playbook is what I mean to say. Yeah, it, it really is. So he goes up to his room, you know, because his, his parents are like, his parents seem very nice. They're like, hey, how was school? He's like, ugh, ugh, sucked ass, man. Fuck this shit. I'm going to go smoke weed in my room. Except he doesn't because he's not a real California kid. And his dad's still bitter about getting fired from Saturday Night Live for saying fuck. So Max goes up to his room and it's it, it's a fucking cool room. He's got that like double decker thing going on, little stairs leading up to like a higher point in his room. And he's got a drum set and post and shit and i'm like you just moved here right how long have you been here yeah this room is way too fucking cool i loved these 90s bedrooms and i always wished i could have one and i never did yeah because they weren't meant to be realistic they were meant to be things that were so cool you could never actually achieve them not without a professional architect and several hundred thousand dollars we're no longer in scary mode we're gonna get creepy and weird but Every teenager has done this at least once. He lays down on his bed. He's being watched by the it, from the closet, by the way. And we, it, is, it is a horror movie, and some a kid already died, so we don't know what's going to happen. He lays down on his bed, <laughs> yeah, and he grabs his pillow and starts like cuddling with it and calling it Allison. We've all done it. We've all done it. Sometimes, sometimes yep. it's Allison. Sometimes it's Bob. I don't know. And then little Danny pops out of the closet. Danny is Thor Burt's his little sister, and she lays down on the bed and goes, "I'm Allison. Kiss me, kiss me." And I'm like, "Gross, gross. Stop it." <laughs> and i know that 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 is such a typical little sister thing to do just give the give the older sibling shit for having a crush on somebody and oh stuff. yeah yeah story definitely checks out there and then she's like dude you're gonna take me trick-or-treating and stuff and he's like not this year man i'm not fucking into it she's like no you have to take me trick-or-treating and then he starts playing his drums because he's fucking cool fuck this kid <laughs> the things <laughs> he's not cool and he sucks at the drums yeah but he thinks he is <laughs> 
and he definitely thinks he's too cool to take his little sister trick-or-treating i can verify that because i've totally been there i was i was the little sister so i was the older brother my sister never took me trick-or-treating we went trick-or-treating together and then by the time she like was too old for it i just could go by myself. I never took my little siblings trick-or-treating, and not because that's not the kind of thing my parents would make me do, but because it was my family did devil. not celebrate Halloween, because <laughs> it's the devil's holiday. Oh, by the way, we're doing a lot of witchy shit this year. I just realized we did the craft a few weeks ago, and now we're doing fucking Hocus Pocus. It's all witches this year. We got anything, any more witch stuff coming up this Halloween? I don't think so. Oh, we're doing body bags, and I haven't seen it, so there might be a witch story in there. So Danny screams, because that's what little sisters do when they don't get their way and max is totally taking her trick-or-treating because you know how this goes he he just comes downstairs in sunglasses and a baseball cap and the dad's like well what are you supposed to be and he's like i'm a rap singer (laughs) (laughs) and then the dad i love this dad he's so he's so fucking dad but i i love him he's just like then shouldn't your hat be on like sideways (laughs) and then he just takes (laughs) turns it sideways i i love that shit that makes me happy. This guy is <laughs> this guy is stock 90s dad. As a dude who's probably about my age. <laughs> Maybe it, it yep. is yeah. And I'm just like I I'm that guy now. All righty. They go, they go and they trick or treat and then Max isn't feeling it. He's like, "Dude, can we fucking go?" She's like, "No, we're not done yet." And then at this house, this poor girl's pumpkin isn't even half full of candy yeah. yet, dude. Of course you can't go yet. But I think I think she's got two bags because at the house that they're at when they're having this little conversation, the bullies are out there fucking around in front of this lady's house. Now, this woman, we see her. She's an adult. She could be like, hey, you dipshit teenagers. Stop fucking with people in front of my house. But she doesn't. She just goes right back inside and just ignores the whole thing because uh adults in these movies did not interfere in the workings <laughs> of children and i don't think salem is that big of a town they probably know like she probably knows those kids parents i cannot speak to that i know <laughs> literally nothing about salem mm. other than that they have a statue of the main character from bewitched i i assume it's a small town because so they have this interaction and danny tries to leave and max is of course like let's go another way she's like fuck you let's go this way ice stops her and goes you have to pay the toll. And she's like, drop dead zit face. Ha ha ha. And then he's like, what'd you say? <laughs> and then he's like, you know what? You, you can just try to beat me up because it just so happens that I have my big brother with me. And she just sells him out in front of everybody. And then they just lose, they see who it is. And they're like, oh, Hollywood. Oh, no, we're so scared. And he's like, what are you supposed to be like? a movie star or some shit and she's like it just so happens that he's a little leaguer oh just digging him deeper and (laughs) (laughs) this little sister is like she is screwing her older brother so hard right now it's like this poor guy but she loves him so much she has so much confidence in this guy and it's so adorable he is not ready for your level of confidence (laughs) and then the bullies act like fucking idiots some more telling jokes that are not funny to anybody except for themselves i don't even think that they actually think that they're funny (laughs) i think they're just laughing aggressively as a challenge Isn't this unfunny shit funny? Then Max like throws the throws a bag of candy at Ice and he's like, here, pig out. And then they then they go. Danny's like, what the fuck, man? You could have taken them out. And he's like, no, you go away. You just here's here's the line that makes me think this town's kind of small. You just embarrassed me in front of half the guys at school. There's like six dudes out there. 
Okay, yeah, you know what? You may be right about that. They have a little argument. They're like, I hate this fucking town. And she's like, it's your home now, you fucking asshole. And then he's like, I just don't want to be here. Then they cry and have a bit of a thing. And he, Max immediately goes, I'm sorry. You should forgive me because I'm your big brother because they have a good relationship. And it's kind of adorable. And I don't really want to talk a lot of shit because it's fucking. It is kind of sweet. It makes me feel good. Danny had settled on this giant haystack or whatever outside of this giant mansion. They look at each other like, yeah, we're going to finish trick-or-treating now. We're, we're back on the same page. They go up to the house and they just walk in. I don't think they even knock. They open the door and then they say, knock, knock. And there is a giant bowl full of full-size candy bars sitting the, on the table. The shitty kind. It's just bit of honey. It's like all O. Henry's and <laughs> and Baby Ruth's and bit of honey. Like all the ones that nobody wants, but they are full-size candy bars. Yeah. And then one of the funniest fucking conversations happens in a minute. It turns out that this is Allison's house and her family's rich and they're not nice enough to let their daughter go out on a fucking Halloween and have some goddamn fun. She's dressed up like a Victorian whatever, and they have this boring-ass party for all their fucking business friends and shit every year. And they're all dressed in, like, colonial dress. The guys all have the powdered wigs and shit. It's like, wow. Um, For the level of investment these people have in Halloween, you would think that they could let their daughter go out and have some Halloween fun, too. Yeah, she's like, this is boring. And I'm like, yeah, you're 16. Get the fuck out of that house and go drink. Go egg a house, for fuck's sake. Go hang with people your own fucking age. Go Jesus. hang out with Ernie and Ice outside of that house, smashing people's pumpkins. <laughs> there you go. I love this conversation. Danny's like, I like your dress. And she's like, oh, thanks. You know, I, I, you know, I like your little witch costume. Danny's like, I like your dress. And she's like, but I can never wear anything like that because I don't have any. What do you call them, Max? Yabos? <laughs> and then he's like, Max, Max likes your yabos. <laughs> In fact, he loves them, and it's, oh, God. This little girl in the full-time job of (laughs) digging her brother into holes. I'm pretty sure she's just trying to wing for him at that point. (laughs) I know, but she's so fucking bad at it. She's, like, trying to be his little hype man and fucking it up so perfectly. (laughs) So apparently Allison's mom used used to run this museum based around the Sanderson sisters and it was in their old in their house and stuff and Max goes well I got an idea why don't you fucking take me down there make a believer out of me let's go fucking have some fun and shit he's just looking for any reason to get her any one-on-one any and I don't blame him I no, do I not can't. At all. I would have to at his age. What I don't understand is why the fuck she would agree to it. Does she like decide like, oh well? <laughs> I mean, he's kind of cute, I guess, and he's hanging out with his little sister and shit, so he must not be a piece of shit. I mean. They are kind of adorable together. Like you like you said, I mean, their relationship, the way she's, like you said, wingmanning for him, but so badly, it's <laughs> kind of the cutest thing ever. If it was someone his own age who was doing that, they would be shitting on him. But being her at that age, and she's so tiny and she's so cute, and it's just like, I get it. I yeah. get it. They do go to this museum, and it's all covered in cobwebs and shit, because it's been closed down for fucking ever nobody's been in there you know there's no power or anything max finds a lighter so they then they find the final light switch and the lighter gets used several times throughout the movie no there's power it's just there's power. the they lights just aren't to, on yeah they have to find the power switches is why he has which which is why he uses the lighter oh my goodness and it's a weird cool spooky place and they're being so watched he just, again he just steals a, a commemorative lighter from this yeah. place he doesn't light it like a teenager <laughs> no he <laughs> lights it like a dude who's been smoking since he was 12 they're being watched by the by the kitty though 
Like we, we, we see the cat outside the window. Ah, yes, the cursed boy. Yes, uh, we in cat form. And the spell book is in this glass case in the middle of the room, and that's when Allison says, like, it's you know, she she's reading the passage or she's reading the description of it as bound in human flesh, and then and then I was like inked in blood, right? Oh, and then there's the black flame candle. Okay, there was one mention earlier that a virgin's gonna light the black flame candle, and they see the black flame candle, and Max is like. How about we light it and we, we we meet the old broads, he says. And he looks at Allison and says, do you want to do the honors? She rolls her eyes and says, no, thank you. And I'm like, not a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> Being a virgin is bad, apparently, in, in any horror movie, except for, except for a slasher movie. It's like, if you're a virgin, you're going to fucking cause the end of existence in like a witchy supernatural movie. But it's a good thing if you're a virgin in uh, in a Halloween movie. Yeah, it really depends on which genre you're in. But before Max can light the candle, he does the thing. He whips out the lighter and smacks it on his leg and fucking lights it up. But before he can do it, the cat like attacks him. And he's like, what the fuck, man? It's just a bunch of hocus pocus. It's not like it's going to happen. Not not like anything's actually going to happen. And he name drops the movie and all that good stuff. There it is. There it he is. said he the title. Said the thing. Uh, then he lights the candle and shit starts happening. The fucking floor shakes. The lights explode. Then all the candles like light themselves. The door bursts open and the three witches are back and they're weird and kind of funny and you think mary is annoying yeah she uh i mean she does have the ability to smell children which gives her a a a clear-cut function in the coven but uh yeah i don't know i just didn't love the way she was playing it she's like i smell children and then sarah sarah jessica parker's character is like i want to play with them and it's really creepy and kind of hot not gonna lie i'm into it and then marilyn manson was watching this and was like that's the name of my next album I'm going to play with him. No, Smells Like Children. Oh, is the, did he really call it? <laughs> yeah, that was the name of his album that came out in like 96 or something like that. Mary sniffs out Danny and Danny's like hiding behind a thing. She jump scares her. She pounds on the thing and then Danny jumps up. Ah! And then she pretends to be like a witch. She speaks in a very bad childish British accent and they're going to eat her. They <laughs> shishka baby and all that shit, which is kind of funny. Again, creepy. kudos to her for the chutzpah. <laughs> <laughs> of got, trying to yeah. imitate a witch two witches max comes to her rescue just before they're about to murder her but winnie uses her lightning powers on him and shocks him a little bit doesn't do what she should have done i guess but i guess there's more kids here so allison gets in on it and knocks out mary with something i don't even know what the fuck she hits her with danny stops winnie from fucking electrocuting the shit out of Max more and the cat helps and jumps on him and Max sets off the sprinklers and he's like the burning rain of death and shit and then it's just water and and he and he like he does it really really theatrically he climbs up onto that thing and like presents himself oh, yeah. like he's the this great, great powerful wizard Max. <laughs> and then he flicks the lighter open and and they're all kind of taken aback by it like he conjures fire and then he sets off the sprinkler which is pretty clever yeah. i got to say that's um i was not loving it up to this point but uh <laughs> that was a clever twist and it's such a teenage thing to do like i gotta really commit to this otherwise they're not gonna believe me you know we learn that the cat can talk because he's like max falls down he's on top of max he slaps him in the face and he's like come on max max just looks at him and goes what the fuck and then the witches figure out it's just yeah. water but they're stopped by a road because it's been 300 years they didn't know what pavement looked like <laughs> i gotta say though if the fucking cat could talk it could have stopped him way better by just saying, hey, don't light that goddamn candle because a talking cat would convince him <laughs> that some crazy shit was afoot. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to say probably that's the problem that I have with this movie is that the internal logic of the story 
is all fucking over the place. Well, you gotta you you, you gotta do something to make the make the story happen, you know. I get that, but you it it has to be it has to have internal logical consistency. I'm okay if the logic of the world is weird and and hyper reality and you know wouldn't make sense in our world but makes sense internally but it doesn't make sense internally that's the problem like for example you know like the way the witches use their powers is all over the place and the logic of the parents is kind of ridiculous and doesn't you know is inconsistent from moment to moment it's just it's all over the place and that's the thing that makes this really feel like a tv movie because tv movies usually have a laziness level to the writing (laughs) that especially disney tv movies where the internal logic was treated as sort of an afterthought. And that's what I feel like happened here is the internal logic was treated as an afterthought. And don't get me wrong. A lot of, there's a lot of great theatrical set pieces on display here and I can understand them. You know, the writers came into it with like this scene in mind and this scene in mind, and they played some of that stuff out to perfection. The musical scene was a little too much for me, but Aside from that, I get that you come into it with these ideas, but you have to have internal logic. And if those ideas aren't serving the story and keeping up an internal logical structure, then you have to sacrifice those good ideas for better ideas that serve the story better. You know, that's my main problem with this movie. And I know nobody gives a shit because (laughs) it's a children's classic and I'm way overthinking it. And really, the problem is that I didn't see this as a kid. I saw it as an adult. But and so I'm way over analyzing this, but I am an adult and I did watch it as an adult and I did see all of the problems. Well, I actually probably didn't see even half of the problems There probably a lot of them that flew over my head that if I watched it again, I would be like, Jesus, <laughs> what about that? How did I miss that the first time? But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's kind of funny to me because it seems like you enjoyed it a little more than I thought you would. Like you you didn't hate it. I didn't like it, but I didn't hate it. <laughs> and I did like certain elements of it a lot. Like Bette Midler, I got to say, I enjoyed pretty much every second she was on screen. Like anytime she's doing something, I am all about it because she is playing it so well. So, yeah, I, I liked a lot more of it than I expected to. <laughs> and I, I know I harp on this a lot, especially in our Asylum series, which, by the way, go over to patreon.com slash Sharks Across Hollywood. Check that out. But the script writing phase is free. You can write a good script. You can do that. And if you can't, guess what? You can bring in someone else to punch it up. It's okay. That's allowed. It apparently had two writers. Well, three writers. There's two guys David Kirshner. Yeah, Mick Garris was one of them. Horror legend Mick Garris. (laughs) Yep, yep. The man who directed Salem's Lot. But honestly, that's sort of symptomatic of Mick Garris's work. Mick Garris tends to uh, allow a lot of shit through in his screenplays that he shouldn't have. And I think it's because of that. It's because he gets caught up in the concept and loses track of the internal logic in favor of some great conceptual sequences. Because his movies do have some great conceptual I mean, look at Salem's Lot. Boy, there are some great sequences in that. And he's done a lot of other stuff, too. The other dude who came up with a, has the story by credit, David Kirshner, produced like a good portion oh, yeah. of my childhood. Holy crap. Yeah, Kirshner's done a lot of work. I can't remember what all he's done, but I know he's done a shitload of stuff. At least pr- producer credits. He was the executive producer on American Tale 
and he produced Child's Play and Child's Play 2, and he was the executive producer on Child's Play 3. I just want to see his writing credits. Executive producer on American Tale, Five Goes West. Not a lot of good writing credits. Rose Petal Play, so he's story by, he has oh, a story credit fuck. for American Tale. He created Pirates of Dark Water. Yeah, Pirates of Dark Water is a fucking great show. All right, okay. Aside from that, not a lot of great writing credits, but I fucking loved Pirates of Dark Water. The kids all get to a graveyard that's uh, Allison, Max, and Danny, and they're followed by the cat, and they're like, why the fuck are we going to the graveyard? And the cat says, it's hollowed ground, witches can't set foot here. Danny and Allison are like, uh, what the fuck? And Max is like, eh, it's cool, the cat can talk. And, he, you know, and they're all just <laughs> they like, just, They fine. accept that one so quick and easily, like, yep. No long discussions are had about what the fuck is going on. Also, the cat is voiced by somebody who is not the guy who plays the human version of himself, which is weird. Wait, what? Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's He's voiced by James Marsden, who... No, not James. Jason. Jason Marsden. I was going to say, I feel like James Marsden is a name I know. James Marsden is the the brother from fucking sex drive there you go jason marsden he's on boy meets world and uh step by step and shit okay i don't know who that is but all right he voices the cat as the cat and not the per- he's not the person it's really weird so hallowed ground they're they're in the graveyard and binks shows them billy's grave and there he's like this is this is a guy who just got on her fucking bad side and she sewed his mouth shut and murdered him and shit and it turns out the witch is only nothing horrifying to- about that <laughs> no not at all the witches only have till sunup to drain some children of their life. Otherwise, they will fucking die again. And so they need to get their book back so they can make that potion that they used to murder that little girl from the beginning. They make it to the graveyard, but they can't land there. So they're like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to bring my dead boyfriend back to life. A zombie pops up out of the ground, out of Billy's grave, and he looks fucked up. He's this tall, skinny, weird-looking dude with his mouth sewn shut. And he, he just he, and his job is to chase the children around. And he could not more obviously be doug jones if he tried no i I do like his reaction though he he he, his head pops out of the grave and he turns around and looks at his headstone and then he he can't talk right so he's just like and then he just (laughs) grunts But you know what he's saying, because it's some good some good suit acting there. Max knocks his head off, so there's a zombie, a headless zombie running around. The kids escape into a crypt that connects <laughs> That's also kind of creepy for a PG movie. The only reason this one got a PG is because it's a Disney movie. That's it. That is it. If well, yeah. this had been produced by Miramax, fucking forget it. That's a good point, actually, because when we talked about the craft, they made a PG-13 movie that got an R rating because the girls were doing witchcraft. This is yeah. very clearly a PG movie with some more adult elements. And what, the MPAA was just sleeping on it? And they're just like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't care today. Uh, this one's PG. I know this came out three years before the craft, but still. It's because Disney had the juice, man. The witches then, they catch a bus. This is one of the first adult jokes, really, that we get in the movie. <laughs> 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 the bus, the door opens, and this guy, you know, bubble, bubble, I'm in trouble. They're like, we desire children. And he's like, well, it might take me a couple of tries, but I don't think that'll be a problem. Good lord. Exactly. How is this in a PG movie? What the fuck? It was the 90s. This was the era in which PG really meant Parental hard guidance. G. Yeah. Like, like no, no, oh, no, 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 no. That's just it. It didn't. This was the era during which PG took on the rating of basic, in the 70s and 80s, like that was when pg was like pg-13 by the 90s pg had had been distinctified enough from pg-13 that in general it was just kind of hard g it was like 
okay, Disney movies, but with a little stank on it, you know? But this is this is way over the line for a PG movie. I'm telling you, the only reason is because Disney released it and was like, don't fuck with us. So as they're getting chased by Billy, they end up back on the street out of the crypt from the sewer and stuff. They get up onto the street and then fucking Binks gets run over by the bus that the witches are on. Like... <laughs> And then, and, That's so fucking gruesome. And as it happens, Billy like sticks his hands up out of the out of the manhole cover and, and out of the manhole and gets gets his fingers chopped off when when the bus runs over him. But yeah, so Binks is just fucking laying there, flattened in the middle of the goddamn road, and Danny's crying because it's really sad. That, that's horrific. She's gonna need a lot of therapy after this but then he just kind of reinflates and he's fine and he's like why are you crying bitch they show binks like crushed <laughs> yes and then Ooh. he just blows up like they attached an air hose to his butthole <laughs> and he's like yeah i can't die duh but that doesn't mean you didn't just traumatize a bunch of nine-year-olds when they thought binks was dead <laughs> what the fuck man well don't look- get me wrong I think it's hilarious, but <laughs> like that is dark. This, this movie, oh yeah. At least well, he's alive, I guess. Let's not beat a dead horse. <laughs> let's beat the dead cat. So then the witches end up in a neighborhood. It's Halloween night, so they're like, "I smell children. I smell children," but they don't see any children. They're like, "All oh, these demons and shit running around." They see this dude dressed up as Satan, who seems like he should be somebody important. Is he? It's Gary Marshall, famous producer, and I believe he was a director. Uh, he's Penny Marshall's brother, I'm pretty sure, which makes it weird that they play husband and wife, because that's because <laughs> it's Penny Marshall is playing his wife inside the house. Yeah, she's not happy with them being there either. It's kind of funny. No, but they literally think. He's He's the devil. Yeah, they think he is the literal devil, and they think his wife is Medusa. Yes, they actually because <laughs> she's got all these little <laughs> curler things in her hair that look like little snakes. It's very weird. Yep they they stir up some shit in the house eventually, but we'll get back to that here in a minute. The and kids, he just goes with it. Oh yeah, he's he's cool with it. They're like the Sanderson sisters, and he's all into it. And his wife is like, "Get them the fuck out of here! What the hell are they doing?" <laughs> That's Sarah Jessica Parker, who we haven't really touched on her character yet. She is so fucking horny in this movie. Yeah, like her like, character is just shockingly horny. Yeah, she's like sitting on the bus driver's lap and stuff. And anytime uh, she sees a dude, she's just like, you can see it. Like she's just like, ooh, she's like, I, I want to fuck that. I want to play with him. Then she's all over him. Of course, I do know you love the devil. So I do. Hail Satan. So the kids end up. They they find a cop in the street and they're like. Like, dude, these chicks are chasing us. They're trying to kill us. And my brother's a virgin and he lit the candle. And the cop's like, you're a virgin (laughs) and shit. And it's really fucked up because, like, again, they're just making a big deal about him being a virgin. Turns out he's not really a cop. He's dressed up like a cop because it's Halloween. And I'm pretty sure that's illegal to be that, like, to resemble a cop (laughs) that much. That is technically impersonating a police officer, right? I believe so. Whatever. What do I know? Nothing really. So I might just be full of shit. (laughs) (laughs) So they're in the devil's house, right? And Mary is sitting sitting in the chair, like, in front of the TV watching this baby commercial and I can't fucking remember for the life of me what this commercial is but every person my age has seen this commercial uh, but anyways, uh, the the wife catches Sarah dancing with the devil, and she's pissed, and she fucking like shoes him out. And then the dog is also <laughs> dressed like a little devil, and it like barks, and they they get scared out of the house and shit. And then they go outside, and their brooms are gone and shit, and they're like, I smell children again. But then they rip off a kid's mask, and they're like, It's all these children running amok, right? And then Sarah goes amok, 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 and I think that's really funny because she's just being annoying. I like that it took them a while to realize. Because this is the point at which they realize, like, Halloween has just become like a a silly holiday for games. 
Yeah. I think they say it's it's become a farce. Then the kids end up at the party where their parents are at. I said Ghost is playing, but not really. It's not really Ghost. It's not- <laughs> it uh, that I had that exact same thought. Like, wow, Ghost really started out as a different band, didn't they? His dad is dressed up like Dracula and they're and he's like, It's not dad, it's Dadjula. And <laughs> You're right. This dude's dad energy is off the charts. <laughs> and mom's dressed up like Madonna. There's something creepy in this in this scene here for a second. Okay, so there's somebody dressed like a lizard or an alligator or something. And Danny's in the crowd by herself looking for her mom. And this alligator person is like dancing right behind Danny until Danny turns around and goes, <laughs> Mom. And then, then it says no and then walks away. I'm like, um, I don't think that was what they were going for really but it just seemed kind of creepy. Yeah, I don't think they were trying to be creepy. I think it just came off as inadvertently creepy. But then she sees her mom and she's like, Mom, what are you supposed to be? And she's like, well, I'm Madonna. And then she points to her to her cone boobs and goes well don't you think yeah uh for, for the younger people in the audience uh madonna went through a cone boob phase where all of her outfits had these ridiculously exaggerated cones where the breasts were i'm completely in favor of it but if you don't remember it as a cultural touchstone it can be a little weird but yeah. like she did that for like a year or two where everything she wore just these big cone boobs i also think mom looks kind of hot as madonna in that in that scene oh yeah i'm definitely into yeah. it not mad at the cone boobs Mm-mm, no i'm for it better than the cone heads <laughs> uh, so danny drops the situation on her mom oh she's God. like oh, oh these witches are following us and the mom's just like how much candy have you had like she drops the sexy madonna dance and she's like how much candy have you had honey and i it's just funny i love i love the pairs they're just so fucking sweet right back to being ma'am then the witches come in of course uh but max is like they're following us the sanderson sisters well, i lit the candle and i'm a virgin and i just fucking uh then max gets up on the stage and steals the mic away from the guy singing a song and he's like 300 years ago the sanderson sisters bewitched people and they've come and to steal your children and shit then we get the song and everybody like is everybody thinks it's delightful performance art yeah it wouldn't you? I mean, fuck. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So yeah, this scene and then is the, the lead singer of Ghost is like, "Nice setup, kid. Let's let's rock." <laughs> I put a spell on you is the song that they sing, and it's Bette Midler just doing what Bette Midler does. I don't love this sequence as much as uh, Bette Midler owns it. I just I fucking hate musicals so hard. I don't hate yeah. the scene, but it's it's also necessary because they have to brainwash the parents into like staying out all night so they can fucking murder all the children. Yes, and that is fair. I do recognize that it had a function within the story. I just I just hate musicals. I just fucking hate them. But you like La La Land. Yeah. Um, there are exceptions to every rule, obviously. <laughs> no, no exceptions. You're not allowed to like La La Land. I don't just like La La Land. I love La La Land. I have bought it in two different formats. You are not allowed to watch it anymore because you don't like musicals. I'll watch whatever I want. I'm a big girl and you don't tell me what I can and can't do. So Billy also shows up to the party and just as the kid, the, the witches are singing and they're like, the kids are like, don't fucking listen, don't listen, don't listen. And then Billy shows up and chases them out of the thing and then Max fucking loses his shit. They end up in this alley behind this restaurant and Max is like, fuck, fuck, fuck. It's all my fucking fault. Everybody's gonna die. We're all fucked. Somehow 
after they end up in the alley, Billy isn't the one that comes up behind them, but the witches do. I feel like there's a scene missing here. Allison sees the oven in the alley, and then she's like, I got a fucking idea. And also, it's really, it's yeah, really I wasn't up. sure what, like, that was a little weird. I thought, like, maybe she was going to stash the book in the oven or something, but no, she had a, she had a much better idea than that. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that they had to steal, they stole the book. They fucking broke the glass, that, that container that it was in, and they fucking took the book. That's why the witches keep chasing after oh, them. My specifically. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Totally forgot that part. You didn't mention that. I, you just breezed past that and I missed it. Yes. We've just been leading the audience down this path without having mentioned the key fact that the whole reason the witches are chasing them <laughs> yes. is because they have the fucking book. It's the book. So yeah, so so she gets the oven idea. They end up at, at a high school. What fucking kid? Oh, I guess some kids in the early 90s would know who this is. He's like, I'm Boris Karloff Jr. and shit. And I'm just like, okay, I didn't get it when I was six years old. I think a lot of, I think people in high school know, at least I will say, I think a lot of people in high school know Boris Karloff as Frankenstein. I mean, especially in the nineties, they grew up in the eighties, you know, just like me, I knew Karloff was Frankenstein. Like I knew Karloff was Frankenstein. I hadn't even seen Frankenstein. I've seen Frankenstein. I have seen Frankenstein, but I hadn't at that time. Yeah, no, me neither. It took me a lot of years to do that. I don't think, I probably didn't get this sequence back in the day, but maybe I did know who Boris, I don't know. It's one of those things that's like wrestling. Like I, as far as I know, I've always known it's not real, you know, (laughs) it's one of those i do remember the period where they were still like really clinging to that it's real thing there's a story carrie elvis has in his book about the making of the princess bride which by the way if you haven't read it and you love the princess bride as much as i do check that book out it's called as you wish i have it i think on audible so i'm gonna i'm gonna listen to it one of these days they got the entire surviving cast back to read their own parts i know i i thought that was pretty cool I'm, I'm it's great it. anyway yeah, Carrie Elvis is talking about Andre the Giant, and or somebody is talking about Andre the Giant, and they asked him, "Hey, is it real?" And Andre was like, "It's real, boss." <laughs> yeah, he called people boss all the time. Yep, that's called like, everybody. That sounds boss. right. Basically, what we're doing here is we're we're luring the witches into the art room where they can throw them in the kiln and melt them. That's also dark. These bitches keep on getting murdered. <laughs> all the time (laughs) it really is fucked up if you think about it i mean burning them alive in a kiln like yeah wow they they, they do it and then you get to see them kind of like oh my god it's getting hot in here it's like what the fuck man let's get out of here so the kids go outside they celebrate the witches are dead but we still have 30 minutes left in the movie so fuck no they're not yeah we know they're not dead because credits aren't rolling they think the witches are dead and they're like you know binks is going to be part of our family and now also did you did you mention that um that the witches put a curse on the adults so that they have to dance until they're dead oh you know what i didn't i said they were brainwashing them to like keep them partying but no that that is true dance until you die she literally does say that so they have to dance until that's you know what i didn't even put that really together but that's fucked up that's even that's also what the fuck man now the kids weren't there for that part so they don't actually know that that's going on so imagine (laughs) if they had killed the witches and the death of the witches didn't end their spell power and these kids (laughs) are just going on throughout their day having no idea what their parents are up to and then eventually one of them wanders over to where their parents are frenetically dancing themselves to death (laughs) oh boy that's even that makes it even worse okay so they go back home and there's nobody there you know it's like oh there must be must be still partying must be some party (laughs) and they take binks home right and now this 300 year old boy is sleeping in bed with danny he's fully a cat he's more cat than human at this point so like it's not weird 
it's weird. It's it's not weird. He's not a human. He started human. He he was like 13 years old or maybe 15 when he turned into a cat. He's been a cat for 300 years. He's a cat now. He's yeah. not a human anymore. <laughs> I re- that's my next note. Is it weird that Binks is cuddling with Danny or am I the creep here? <laughs> He's just a cat now. Okay. I don't think it's weird. Now, if he had just gotten turned into a cat, it would be weird. <laughs> Unless they had like a sequence where he's like, I've got all these cat urges. I just feel like doing cat things, you know. But no, after 300 years as a cat, he's a cat. He's a cat who can talk. Okay, yeah. And she's like, well, I'm going to take care of you. And then my kids are going to take care of you. And then it's it's really sweet. She loves him. And it's only been like 10 hours, four hours. Yeah. It hasn't even been that long. Fuck. Kids are great like that. They can just attach to an animal. Like just boom. Lifelong love of that animal. Speaking of animals, my dog is barking and he won't shut the fuck up. So if you hear that, there you go. That's my animal. That's one of my animals that won't shut the fuck up. And I love him to death and it's okay. Are you surprised to learn that the witches are not dead? Neither are the bullies, unfortunately. (laughs) So the witches end up like, they're walking down the street and these two, they, first we see Ernie and Ice and they're like, uh, let's look through windows and watch babes undress, man. He's like, hey, idiot, it's three in the morning. They're undressed already. And then fucking Mary is like sniffing out the kids because they have the book, right? And she ends up sniffing all the way to Ernie. Ice, sorry. Sorry, Ernie, who has Max's shoes on. That was actually a good setup moment. I didn't even realize that really. Just to kind of... Yeah, that, that was very clever. It was set up just for like a gag here, but still. It, it, it's, it, it's a pretty decent gag that everybody you guarantee everybody forgot about it and an hour later they're like oh hey i remember that ernie goes hey hey witch or something get your get your face off my off my shoe or whatever and uh she's like it's the wrong child and then one of them goes how come it's always the ugly chicks who hang out hang out late that pisses off the witches and they (laughs) yeah they are walking away they've decided to leave these boys alone and then they drop that line and all three of them stop turn (laughs) and then it's like all right motherfucker and then they put him in cages and then we see we see him hanging in the cages and you're just kind of like yeah fuck you but i hope somebody rescues them where they hung until they died apparently that's why i said i'm like i kind of hope somebody rescues them because that's fucked up no because remember the witch's house has been closed down nobody goes to it anymore nobody's been there in years until halloween night well i mean i'm hoping that max because he he's the one who he's he's the last person who saw my home i'm hoping he's going like yeah there's somebody fucking trapped in there to somebody with everything that happened he might just forget i mean (laughs) this kid's gonna be dealing with this shit in therapy for decades there is a sequel prior to the sequel that i'll talk about here too in in a minute (laughs) they did a they did a different sequel uh yeah in book form so the bullies are hanging in these cages again probably until they die you're right and winnie is trying to remember what the fuck goes in this potion so they can drain the lives out of all the little children of salem before sunrise otherwise it's curtains right they don't know they're dead man's chungs and then ernie's like oh dead man's chungs and then he does the throat cutting motion she calls chungs chungs what the fuck is a chung i don't know she doesn't know she's trying to figure out what goes in it and they're just saying words she keeps talking about like toes and fingers and stuff but she can't remember what it was He was a dead man's toe. I remember. But she can't because she only did the spell one time 300 years ago. (laughs) I know. For me, it was only an hour ago. And and keep in mind, she says that she knows what it's like to be dead. So she experienced the 300 years dead. Like apparently being dead is an experience in this universe. It's not the end of experience. She was hanging out in hell, I imagine, because Billy tells her to go to hell later. And she's like, I've been there. Thank you. It's quite lovely. 
that's right. That's right. She did say that. So, yeah, she's been in hell for 300 years. So she's been doing shit. Yeah, so fuck's her fucking excuse she calls for her book she goes to the window and she goes book and all that shit the book is like sleeping at max's house and it opens its eye and then it right next to max and allison and shit and apparently it's five in the morning and allison is like i need to leave man my parents are gonna freak out but instead they get the bright idea to look in the book to see if there's a spell that can turn binks back into a human their motivation is very pure but um it's not a smart decision on their part uh no not really winnie though has given up up and she's like she tells mary take me to the window so i can say goodbye to the world she goes to the window and as she's like saying bye 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 world bye bye everything that plume of smoke from the beginning i think it's green this time though you can see it from or uh, the light the light is shining from max's house and she's like oh shit there's my book yeah it's not it's not a plume of smoke it's more like a uh like a beacon that the book sends up because she summoned it or something like that yeah something like that. like once it's opened it like blows out this like bright light beacon which doesn't seem to be putting off max and what's her name allison at all yeah no apparently that is not a thing that they can see they're just not concerned in the least and here we get a joke about the brooms because some little shithead stole their brooms earlier so now they have to use a regular broom a mop and mary the fat dopey one (laughs) uses a vacuum cleaner the vacuum cleaner was a solid gag (laughs) i mean that that was that was gold whoever wrote that kudos i'm a fan of that decision it's a pretty funny moment it really is and it works into the climax as well so great choice oh yeah yeah there's some there's some setup payoff here one good thing does come from reading the book though they learn about the salt and how you know you scatter salt around yourself and none of the evil things can get you and shit what they don't say like they don't specify it but it is a traditional occultism it's a traditional element of occultism is what i mean to say it needs to be an unbroken circle of salt not just salt scattered in a circle like it needs to be an unbroken circle of salt if there's even like a like if you if you drag a finger through it and break the line that's it your protection has disappeared yeah, they don't dive but, that deep into it. I mean, it, you know, so like, I mean, I understand why they didn't, because <laughs> her solution is to just fling the salt around <laughs> her to save her later. And yep. so it's like, yeah, that wouldn't have worked at all if you'd gone with the, you know, canonical rules of occultism. But OK, whatever. But then Binks like wakes up, jumps on the book and closes it. And he's like, don't read from the book. What the fuck's wrong with you? They're like, we were just trying to help you. He's like, it's not going to it's not going to fucking help. Nothing good can come from this book. He says the witches are inside the fucking house and they ruin the kiss. The fucking oh, Max is about to fucking get her because uh, Allison grabs the salt and she reads. She she pretends to read like you can use this to protect yourself against zombies, witches and old boyfriends. And he's like, what about new boyfriends, baby? And then. <laughs> How very bold of you, Max. Which is kind of smooth, honestly. I'm like, she she likes him for some reason. I wouldn't. He's a fucking dork. But yeah. <laughs> He's also not your type. He's a 15-year-old boy. <laughs> That's true. So they, they ruin the fucking kiss, those bitches. Max almost got it. Cock-blocking witches. Allison and Max run back up to the room where, where they were sleeping before. And the witches have Danny, but Allison has salt. So she just, like, sprinkles it a... Like, doesn't even sprinkle it. She just... <laughs> She manically <laughs> she, fucking she, wiggles this fucking can around and salt's just flying out of it. She does a fucking airbender move, like twirling around, flinging the salt like a tornado. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a better explanation for it. So so they escape with Danny. They blow up the fucking roof. That's never addressed. I don't know if, it, like, there's no, like, weird science ending where everything kind of goes back to normal. 
Nope. Just going to have to call their uh, homeowner's insurance carrier first thing on Monday morning. An act of witchcraft, I guess. Is that would that help? There you go. Is that shit covered? <laughs> an act of the devil. Oh, yeah. An act of the devil. <laughs> so the witches then end up, they're kind of flying around. And Sarah sings this, sings her song from the beginning of the movie to lure more children over to their little house so they can drain the lives out of all the children in Salem. And sure enough, all the children in Salem start zombie walking towards the house. Because all their parents are either at Allison's house or at that weird party. Let's be honest. They don't have nearly enough time before dawn to drain all of those children like come the fuck on yeah i don't know i think i think the idea is that they just need one but they want them all so they can live longer yeah i don't know these these ladies are just wasting resources because you know those kids they don't need them all tonight come the fuck on and those kids they're all going to be parentless if you survive (laughs) so like you know wait you're gonna have you're gonna have you're gonna have little little humanoids to turn into child corpses uh, for years to come. Allison realizes, though, what we already know about the candle and that how the witches need to be fucking... Once the sun comes up, they're gonna die. So they, they come up with this plan. They go to the witch's house. Max co- goes inside and he's like, there's one thing that you guys don't know something. I don't know. Some other shit happens, but he's trying to be clever again with the I'm the great and powerful Max thing. But there's one thing you don't know. Daylight savings time. Right? And <laughs> This one is such... A fucking reach but it's like all right whatever at this point why am i complaining yeah well he knows it's not gonna work but at least it's enough so he can get danny out of there so <laughs> they they what what they did was they turned on the headlights i don't know how the fuck they got it so bright but and they and they covered it up with this paper to make it look like the sun and it made the witches all freak out and so just enough time to get danny out <laughs> I just love that he doesn't have to explain daylight savings time to them because they're just immediately on board with it. This is when Max sees the bullies hanging from the cages and he grabs the the shoes off of Ernie's feet and he's like, cool. And then they just leave them there probably forever. Yeah. He's just like, fuck you guys. I'm out. And he knocks over the cauldron. So they only, they only have enough potion for one child. Yeah, there's just a teensy teensy bit in the that the bottom rim of the cauldron. So But now then now they're really gunning for Danny because she called them ugly. They don't they really don't like that. They're very much wearing their insecurities on their sleeves here. Yeah, just a little. Uh, just a you little know, bit. like play it a little closer to the chest. Come on. <laughs> they get back to the cemetery. The kids get back to the cemetery and they immediately run into Billy. Max pulls out this knife that he has and Billy grabs Max. He grabs Max's hand and then he uses the knife to cut his own mouth open and talk shit to Winnie who has followed them there. Which again, for the listener, if if you missed it, his mouth was stitched shut. Yes. Even after he came out of his grave, his mouth was still stitched shut. Wait. Trollop, you buck-toothed right firefly from the hell. Ah! I've waited centuries to say that. Oh, say what you want, just don't breathe on me. Billy! I killed you once, I shall kill you again, you maggoty mouthpieces! They put Danny in Billy's grave, though, and they surround it with salt. And if this dumb little shit would have just stayed there, everything would have been fine. Instead, her brother dies at 45 years old. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself, though. (laughs) Max has a baseball bat. Allison has the salt. The bat doesn't do shit. Like, Max tries to swing it a couple times because the, the three witches are, like, flying over, flying over him, trying to hit him with stuff and whatever. Yeah, doesn't work. Allison throws salt at Sarah, and that seems to help a little. Like, she throws salt right in her face, and then she, like, does a fucking nosedive. And... But unfortunately, her salt reserves have been exhausted. Yep. 
There's no more salt. Winnie also knocks Billy's head off again. And that's when Danny gets out of the gets out of the grave and to help Billy find his head. Yeah, it's like, girl, Billy isn't in any danger. They want to steal life. Billy's dead. He's yeah. good. Let him look for his head. He found it last time. He'll find it again, you irrational little shit. Danny has to drink the potion in order for her soul to be prepped for the sucking, I guess. So Winnie swoops down and she grabs Danny, but Binks knocks the vial out of her hand just before she's able to give it to Danny. And then she knocks Binks into a gravestone and Binks is just like unconscious now. It's really sad. This is another moment where the logic of the movie falls the fuck apart. Well, I get what they were going for. I understand it's a heroic moment for Max and he's trying to do the right thing, but it would have been just as effective if he just dumped the shit in the dirt. Oh yeah. We're the next moment where yeah, Max grabs the, grabs the potion. So he, she's forced to take him. Yeah. Max swallows the potion so that she can't give it to Danny, but like he could have just dumped it in the dirt and then suddenly no one's in danger of losing their life to these witches. The witches are definitely doomed at that point he's a teenager and he just wants to he just wants to be a dick about it (laughs) you you know i i guess there's the only possible explanation that makes it make sense is he was worried because winnie did have danny she was holding on to her that winnie could potentially have like flown up really high and dropped danny out of spite and so by drinking it himself he gave her a new target to focus on so i guess all right i guess there's some logic to it yeah, that kind of makes Potentially. sense. Yeah. Then she grabs him. She starts sucking his soul. His soul, not something else. Winnie, good Lord. He's only 15. And this is where the vacuum cleaner comes into play again, because I think it's Allison who has, like, the cord from the vacuum. And she was a, she's able to fling Mary up into the, up, uh, like, above the tree line. So she gets hit by the sun. No, 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 no. She's holding on to it, holding her back, because she's trying to, uh, Mary's trying to make her way over so that she can suck off Max, too. <laughs> and uh but Allison's holding the cord and then uh Sarah comes over to try and help her get free and then they let go of the cord and they're pulling so hard that it just rockets them up above <laughs> yeah. the tree line and then they explode because the sun hits them the best part for me is Winnie falls off of her uh of her broom I can't remember, did she crash her broom or what happened there? No, Max knocks her off somehow and she lands, she's on the graveyard, so. Yeah, but she like, she gets Max, they're on the ground, she grabs Max and she starts sucking, but then she realizes like her feet start burning and suddenly like she just, from the feet up, just transforms into this sort of gothic statue, which honestly... If I had my way, that's how I would have ended the series, ended the show. They all would have gotten knocked to the ground and turned into this like almost like a monument to themselves, you know? <laughs> but like that way you've got this permanent structure that's there and and they're just stone now. And it doesn't get destroyed in the sunlight. They're just permanently turned to stone, right? But you've got a permanent structure there so you could come back to it at some point in the future for a sequel if you wanted to. Well, they're obviously not having any trouble with that because they did the book sequel and now they're doing the actual movie sequel. Fair enough, I guess. But it, it would have been more satisfying to see them all turn into this, you know, like I because they were in a graveyard, you know, and like a stone statue in a graveyard works really well i don't know i guess i I latched onto that idea and couldn't let go of it so when they just blew up in the sun (laughs) i was like "Eh, yeah Yeah, that's what happens the sun comes up and winnie fucking explodes everyone's okay because the witches are dead except binks because because it breaks all of the spells yep including the spell on binks and so he dies 
Yep, Billy does get to go back to sleep though, so at least somebody's happy, I guess. But yeah, Binks is just kind of laying there, and he's dead, and she's like, come on, Danny Danny. She's like, come on, wake up, just like you did before, wake up. And that's really fucking sad, and I that 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 hits me, and I don't like it. I'll tell you the thing I really don't like about that is that he died without getting a chance to say goodbye, like, as, as a cat. I mean, they do the ghost thing later, which is kind of dumb, but whatever. All right, like... He does get a chance to say goodbye, but I would have liked it if he'd come back to life as the cat, but then when they got destroyed, the spell was broken and he's 300 years old. So like, you know, he starts feeling himself dying, but he gets a chance to say goodbye and then he just kind of withers away. Good Lord. You want to really damage the children, don't you? (laughs) I this this movie's already fucked him up for life as it is, which Um, by the way, I mean, have you seen the people who like this movie into adulthood? Obviously they got fucked up. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. His spirit is alive. With the not shitting on him i love that they're, they're my people but we're all fucked up he spawns a, he's, he's a ghost now and you know he he's telling danny don't feel bad you know it's okay i get to finally go be reunited with my family and uh emily and i wrote down it's kind of sad though it's happy sad just like the cure <laughs> yeah Call i back. actually was just listening to that podcast yesterday and he gets reunited with emily his little sister from the beginning of the movie who has apparently just been wandering around in ghost form for 300 years probably hanging out at this graveyard because it's logically where she would have been buried the last thing he says well she's like zachary binks what took you so long and he's like i had to wait 300 years for a virgin to light a candle gotta end with a virgin joke and max is like oh fuck that guy i'm gonna light that candle again and i'm gonna bring his ass back and i'm gonna kick the shit out of him you know everybody's happy happy sad of course everybody's together and the witches are dead and everything's cool mom and dad come out of the party yeah. they're like whoa oh this is I uh, thought L.A. was a party town. Yeah. That's what uh, dad says. Yep. And you mean Dadula. That's right. Dadula. The they movie. are soaked in sweat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we cut back to the to the witch's house and Ernie and Ice are singing row, row, row your boat and shit. Uh, and then it pans over or cuts to whatever the book and its eyes closed. Its eye is closed and then its eye opens and then credits. And all the little 90s children were traumatized for life. Yeah, not as traumatized as uh, whoever found Ernie and Ice five days later died of thirst. Hopefully he came back and fucking rescued them. Yeah, I mean, they're dickholes, but that's a horrible way to go. I wouldn't wish it on almost anybody. Maybe it's maybe it's explained in the, in the book sequel. So, so they wrote this book and it's like... I didn't. I did. I saw it at Target one day, and apparently, this is far fetched as shit. Max and Allison went on to get married, and they had kids and shit. And then just it, it all goes downhill from there. Yeah, that never happened. I don't buy it. Nope. That's, that's well. My- wait a minute. It is a Disney universe, so maybe. What are your final thoughts on this? Uh, this '90s fucking masterpiece. It definitely has its moments. There are a few sequences that are just delightful. Bette Midler. Honestly, I have to admit that Bette Midler is worth the price of admission alone. Like just just to watch her vamp it up in this thing is definitely entertaining. But I did not enjoy the movie overall. On a scale of one to five, five being the best, I gave it a two I gave it two stars. But I get why people love it. I, I do. I understand why people love it. If I had watched this as a kid, I would have loved it too. But I didn't. I watched it as a forty three year old man. So <laughs> it just missed me. You need to smoke some weed and open up your mind, man. That actually might not be a bad idea. This might be a great movie to watch high. Like if I just got super lit and pop this guy on, it it might take on a whole new dimension of fun. Hocus Pocus. 
nostalgia. That that that's all it is. Hopefully the sequels. Very. Hopefully the sequels at least as entertaining as this one is for me. If not, whatever. I still have this movie to go back and enjoy occasionally. So I'm taking it. You're a big fan. Yeah, I like this movie a lot. Actually, I've I've watched it several times, especially in the last like five years or so, because the girls discovered it and they're like, "Let's watch Hocus Pocus for the thirtieth time this Halloween season." I'm like, "Motherfucker!" See, like that might be a completely different thing. If my kids had been super into it and I had watched it with them growing up, then it would be like a like a fun thing we did as a family, and then I could attach some enjoyment to it you know but uh, and like i said i'm not saying that there was no enjoyment in watching this just it wasn't for me just wasn't for me check it out if you're into that shit if if you don't want your kids to watch the craft but you still want to get them introduced to witchcraft there you go yeah yeah well i mean (laughs) you know not if you want because there's not really any good witches in this it's all bad witches okay if you want your kids to know that witchcraft is bad then watch this one yeah if you're if if you're a born-again christian watch this i think that does it that's our first week of halloween that's it it's done next week we're gonna come back with fucking body bags i think yeah body bags we should do body bags next week i'm excited to give this one a rewatch like i said i watched it last year or possibly the year before i can't remember exactly it's a fun one i i had fun with it yeah that's our that's our anthology film for the year so it'll be it'll be fun but you know what you guys can experience my balls on social media not really I mean, if you want to see my balls, I guess. You can follow us on everything at the Shark Pod, and occasionally we post shit. I made a joke about the queen being dead. I don't know if anybody appreciated that. Don't let Reddit know. But fucker, I guess. I don't know. How about Patreon? 2021 the 13th, 2022, a year in the asylum. You can get all that bullshit if you go to patreon.com slash Hollywood, where we talk about movies that we just won't talk about on the show, really. And if you cross the $1,000 threshold, you can request dick pics from us. Yeah. Like... I'm down. We don't send them unsolicited, but you can request them. I won't shave my balls, though. I will shave my balls on request. Um, I will send you... I'll, I'll shave my legs for you, though. I won't shave my legs. I'll shave my balls, <laughs> but I'll do a really shitty job of it, so like it'll be real patchy and mangy looking, but I will try. I will, I'm just not good at shaving my balls. I will send you a video of me shaving my legs for $1,000. Some fucking weirdos going to hear this, and they're going to be like, yeah, I'm doing that. If you join at the $1,000 level and you continue for more than one month, I will send you a video of me shaving my balls. I will give you a lock of my ball hair. (laughs) It gets bloody. I'm warning you. All right. Patreon.com slash across Hollywood. Go go do that if you're a fucking freak. (laughs) I can't tell. If we increased or decreased the likelihood that someone will go do it. We we talked about a kid movie for two hours. Now we need to throw in as many ball jokes as possible. Um, so, yeah, that's it. We're done. We'll be back next week with body bags. But until then, stay jossum.